Nerd vs. World, episode 91. Things to do in Denver when you're nerd. I'm Brendan. And I'm Spindles. And this is the first show of 2018. It is indeed. Now we have got a review of a couple of films that I've seen recently. We have release dates of some of the films we're looking forward to in 2018. Mm -hmm. And then news on some of the shows that we've been watching. Yep. But before all that, Going to start us off with a news feature. Ooh. New Year. New Year, new features. New features. Ooh. Yeah. So, a couple of quick news announcements to go through first. Um, first off, UK Games Expo has announced this week that it's opened uh, bookings for their events and their roleplay games yep, and competitions. Got the email about that. So, if you're going to the UK Games Expo and your experience so far has just been with going around the stalls and buying games and stuff, and you're looking to try your hand at something more, uh, check out the events they have. They've got Nightmare Live, they've got uh, The Dark Room is back with variations this year. I think he's doing a Dark Room till we're all dead on Saturday night. That's 11 pm Saturday night until the early hours with a QA, but that would basically be everybody will get a chance to try and crack the dark room um, and then of course there's all the RPGs so if you're thinking about getting into roleplay um, there'll be some beginner level Pathfinder, beginner level D&D loads of different systems go online and book your tickets now because those things sell out really really quickly uh, similarly if you're interested in the competitions like the Catan or any of the card games um, I think they're having the first Cote of the new L5R card game at UK Games Expo, yeah, so tickets on sale for that now as well. Again, those sell out really, really quickly. So head along to the page and check it out. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the second news is something following up recently what we've talked about before, um, and it's the closest we've come to a confirmation that Netflix will no longer be doing any more Marvel shows. Yes, indeed, yeah, I was reading about this earlier yeah. on today as well. So we speculated last time out with the Fox merger, the Fox Disney merger, that Hulu will be turned into Disney streaming service, yeah. yeah, and that we would see um, things being stripped from Netflix. Uh, the announcement this week is that actually the shows that are on Netflix will continue to be on Netflix, but moving forward, Disney will decide which platform is best for the particular content. So, like the the, it could be that the harder, grittier, edgier stuff that doesn't necessarily fall within Disney's um, image might stay with Netflix, but a lot more stuff I think will go to Disney's director, director fan service itself. But we will see how that plays out moving forward. Indeed. As it is, we still have release dates for Jessica Jones 2, which is coming out in March. On my birthday! Yep. Happy birthday to me! <laughs> <laughs> so, for the time being, there, there, will, there will be some content coming, but expect that content to slow down as we approach first quarter 2019. When that deal ends. Mm. Yeah. Indeed. Do, do, do we have any details on when the Disney streaming service is launching yet? No. no nothing okay. yet. Nothing yet. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, because I I, when I was in Florida, obviously they're, Disney are ramping up now to start taking over all the properties. So they're, you know, they've got Star Wars stuff coming next year and obviously more Marvel stuff in the works for, uh, for Disney World. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But the closest I actually got to Disney World was Disney Springs. It's universal all the way. <laughs> Disney Springs is just like the restaurants and shops and stuff, which we went to. Just yeah. for a, well, we went there for Christmas Day to Planet Hollywood. Uh, and yeah, then wandered around Disney and then came home again. But I got to see Last Jedi, first ever trip to an IMAX. Really? I saw Last Jedi on IMAX. Okay. It was amazing. Okay. Really, really worthwhile. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad I watched it. Actually, it uh, gave it a whole new dimension. It was really good. Okay. Yeah, it's, oh, I don't know. The more I've thought about the last Jedi, the more it's kind of Is it fallen apart. Fallen down my rankings. I Fair think. enough. Yeah. I, I still enjoyed it as a spectacle movie. Uh, you know, and I think it was a, a good one to go and see on IMAX. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, watching all the, the trailers on IMAX is really cool as well. But we'll get on to different <laughs> films in a bit. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the last bit of news is that Black Panther premiered this week and the reviews for it so far have been overwhelmingly positive. Um, it handles issues of diversity and identity incredibly well and incredibly sensitively for an action film and for a Marvel movie. So yeah, that is getting its full release on the 13th of Feb. Um, more on that when we get to our release date. Indeed. <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, let's just move straight into that then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Films we're looking forward to this year. Uh, I've got my list here. I don't know if you... I don't have to do all of these. This is everyone that I'm going to watch. Fair enough. But uh, not all of them are necessarily uh, genre specific to... I think the first one on that list that I'm interested in is obviously Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, which is out in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. So that's February 13th for Black Panther. And The Shape of Water I'm quite interested yeah, in as well. Yeah, that's Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. yeah. And your mind from Star Trek Discovery. Indeed. Uh, uh, Suru. Yes. Yeah, he's uh, in The Shape of Water. So yeah, that's what I'm, I'm interested Doug in. Doug Jones, who's in... Who's in Pan's Labyrinth. Everything Guillermo del Toro. If there's a creature in a, in a Guillermo yeah. del Toro movie, nine times out of ten, it's Doug Jones. He's in Hellboy as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, he's yeah. sapien. Yeah. Yeah. He's literally in everything. Uh, then I'm interested in seeing Ladybird. But mainly because uh, Saoirse Ronan is in it, and that's Oscar fodder. So a lot of the Oscar films I'm going to be checking out. Uh, Red Sparrow on March the 2nd. That is basically, by the look of it, the Black Widow movie, but with Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. So she's playing this uh, Russian assassin type thing. Okay. Uh, March the 16th. Tomb Raider. Yeah, now I'm, I am interested in this. I, I love the new game. So if it's kind of that kind of feel of Rise of the Tomb Raider, yeah. I'm really quite looking forward to that. Well, have you seen the trailer for it? Yeah, I have, yeah. yeah. Again, we saw that that was one of the IMAX trailers when I was in America, and it looked amazing. So I was watching the trailer for it with my houseman. He's played the Tomb Raider game, and he's like, well, some of those scenes in the trailer are quick-time events from the game. Yeah. So it seems to be fairly faithful to the, to the newest iteration yeah. of Warcraft at any rate, which is cool. Which is good, yeah, again, but it's that usual reticence around a video game property being turned into a film, you know, I mean, take Assassin's Creed as a recent example of how not to do it, you know, it looked shiny and was lots of running around, but just didn't really make sense or hold together as a film. Yeah, okay, well, we'll see how it goes, I mean, I've always kind of partial to the two main movies before with Angelina Jolie, so, um, and that's not the only computer game conversion we have we've got another one that's coming up in a second mm -hmm. <coughs> so then on to March 23rd Pacific Rim Uprising 
I, I will watch it. I enjoyed the first one. Yeah. I don't expect it to be anything special other than giant monsters, giant, monsters, giant, giant robots, robots, which you know wins every time. Yeah. <laughs> People say, but it'll be shit, and like, well, who cares? Yeah, it's, it's giant, giant monsters and giant robots. Yeah, <laughs> what, what's wrong with that? Yeah. It's like, if I mean, that's exactly what we said about the first Pacific Rim when it came out, and then we watched it like, yeah, an hour and a half to two hours of passable <laughs> monsters versus robots. Yeah. If, if you're going into that movie expecting anything else, you're <laughs> yeah. missing the point. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, totally. Sometimes, just sometimes, movies can be dumb fun. Oh yeah, I, it, it, you know, I don't think it's ever going to claim to be like an Oscar winner or you know, yeah, a, a, a deep commentary on something <laughs> in society. It's giant monsters fighting giant robots. Uh, okay, the week after that, we have the one that I'm most nervous about. Uh, so March thirtieth is the official release date in the UK for Ready Player One. Mm. And I'm scared. I'm scared too. Um, but again, I saw the trailer in IMAX and it looks amazing in IMAX. Oh, I just don't know what they're doing. Because I'm, I'm watching the trailer and there's things in the trailer that I, I just can't remember from the books. And, I, and my biggest concern is we're seeing too much IRL meeting of um, Artemis and Passable. Mm. And unless they're showing us the end of the film in the trailers, because you're not really meant to see them. IRL Indeed, until the very, until very, very, end. very end. Yeah, um, but it's looking to me like this stages and the way it's been cut earlier in the film with those two meeting up. Um, like the visually, in you know, how they're being presented and how they're doing the Oasis, I'm I'm kind of okay with that. Like mm. it looks it looks fine. I like his avatar. I like the sort of CGI enhanced yep. human project. That, that's that's great. Like I think. Um, Attila Battle, Battle Angel is one to look out for this year, which is doing that. That's again, further. I saw the trailer for that, and that looks amazing. Yeah, um, but my worry is that I love, like, I've not seen a film conversion of a book I've loved so much as this since Lord of the Rings, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm just really, really worried about how they do it. And that was three movies. Yeah. I think they could easily have made this three movies. Well, I think given I was, that you have three keys, you know, yeah, three well, gates. Well, I was saying that with um, Sue. So that's uh, at Cherry One, something, 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 seventy-eight or something. So, yeah, but just search Cherry One on my friends list on Twitter, and you'll find her. <laughs> uh, she's the host of Lawgiver. Yes. Um, we should have thrown out the news. The Lawgiver tickets are on sale as well. Yes. Lawgiver. There you go. So go buy Lawgiver tickets. <laughs> um, well, we were talking about that. Ready Player One would have been perfect as a Netflix original series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah, think. yeah, totally agree. They got so much mileage out of it. But, I mean, again, other, other than that, it could have worked as a trilogy. Yeah. And splitting it into the various gates. Although I think that, you know, the lead up to the first gate and the first key is a lot of exposition. Yeah. <laughs> so it could have been a bit dull yeah. at the beginning. Um, but I guess I'm going to fall back to my old sort of comfort blanket in that. It's Steven Spielberg doing it. Yeah. Anyone's going to pay, you know, do it well. It's going to be Steven Spielberg. Well, I hope so. I mean, that's certainly some of the scenes that I, that I saw in the IMAX trailer weren't weren't in the other trailers that I've seen and look amazing, like the destruction of the stacks and a few other yeah. things, which uh, yeah, looking really really good. Yeah. Okay, so a week or so after that, we have the new mutants. Hmm. So, Easy Williams and Co. Yeah, and your man from Stranger Things as well. Yeah. So it's looking like a fairly original take on it. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Williams is billing it as a completely different superhero movie. Yeah, it's got some pretty strong horror film elements to it. Um, it's nice to see Fox experimenting with their properties just before they lose them. I'm not quite sure where this will fit in the continuity once the ink is dry on the Disney takeover, but you know, uh, it'll probably work okay as a standalone. We can certainly hope. Um, and then onto the computer game one, yeah. Rampage. Yeah. Say what you will about the Rocks movies, but I fucking love them. <laughs> a lot of them, yes, I do. But Rampage, oh, I don't know. Oh come on, this is going to be as dumb as Pacific Rim. Well, it's just a I, giant. I, I hope gr- so. It's a giant gorilla. Yeah. And the Rock. And, uh, do you know what? I'm now going to have to go back, and I'm going to have to do a retro let's play yes. of Rampage. Yes, you are. <laughs> Definitely. So for those who didn't know, I've started doing retro gaming Let's Plays on the YouTube channel, so check those out if you haven't. Yeah. But I'm well up for that. Yeah. Like... As long as it doesn't take itself too seriously, which having The Rock in it and being a remake of a very, very silly computer game, then you know, I- I'm hoping it is just as tongue-in-cheek as it should be. I think The Rock is pretty... The Rock is pretty decent at finding the tone that his movies are pitching to yeah. and, and running with it. So I've I, still not seen the new Jumanji yet, and by all accounts, that's been getting really good reviews. Yeah, it's one that I've, like, I've gone to try and... Well, to try and see it. I've gone to the cinema, looked at the films, and like there's been other things I've wanted to watch more than Jumanji, mm. so I've watched those instead. Um, I imagine that'll be a DVD. Yeah, but I, it was the film that eventually knocked Last Jedi off the top spot. Yeah. So... I don't know if popularity is a gauge. <laughs> yeah, well, box office is a gauge of popularity, but not necessarily a gauge of quality. Of a good film, indeed. You know, yeah, because Man of Steel topped the box office for a while and saved the Dawn of Justice. Yeah, <laughs> we'll say no more about that. Um, April twenty seventh is the official release date in the UK of Avengers: Infinity War. Mm. So Avengers three. Um, Bear in mind there will probably be midnight previews and midnight release yeah. screenings of this film the day before or Undoubtedly. so. Undoubtedly. So, yeah, uh, this is what it's all been building to. Um, I'm scared about this too in a different way. Like, I don't want this to, uh, 10 years after it started. Yeah, it's been a lot of it's been building up to this, and you know, by all accounts, it is literally every hero that they can squeeze into there, apart from a few notable exceptions. But yeah, uh, yeah it remains to be seen again if it's going to be a cohesive film or not. Well, I'm just wondering where it's going to fit, or where other films after it are going to fit, because Avengers Four is just finished wrapping at the moment as well. And there's been a lot made recently about Captain Marvel's mm-hmm. suit. Like, that suit is from Avengers 4 because they haven't started shooting Captain Marvel yet. So that green suit is from that. And it's looking like Avengers 4, from some of the set photos, is going to be taking place in the past. There's going to be a time travel element to it. Okay. Um, there was a set picture released recently. You had... Uh, you had... Mark Ruffalo in his Hulk suit, well, his Hulk CGI frame, um, Thor with long hair, and Captain America in his Avengers Assemble era uniform, um, along with Ant-Man and Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, in the same pose and same position that they were in in the Avengers Assemble. 
Mm. And they've all got these watch devices on their hands, which is a callback to Comic Book of the Exiles and Blink, when they go through time trying to sort things out and fix things. Yeah, so, I mean, theoretically speaking, you could end up in Avengers Infinity War on a really, really bad note and have lots of people carking it and yeah. then going back in time to try and fix it. Yeah, well, I think, I think that, I think Ant-Man as Hank Pym will be going back in time to try and bring back a Captain America and a Tony and an Iron Man. Mm. Or it'll either be a time thing or a multiverse thing. Yeah. Because that's being seeded to hell. But I think that I'm wondering about is where Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to fit in. Because the trailer for that came out today and it doesn't look like they're dealing with a post-Infinity War world. It looks like they're picking up straight after um, Civil War. So it could, in fact, yeah, fit in the in-between. Yeah. Which it's it's kind of weird when they release films in one sort of continuity, but they don't actually necessarily fit within the narrative of the of the, the movieverse. Yeah. Because, yeah, the trailer for Man and the Wasp looks very much like they're dealing with the fallout of, you know, Ant-Man going off and joining well, yeah, the fight. Yeah, he's, he's, being he's stuck in Wakanda and stuff. Well, no, in the trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp, he's low-jacked because he got involved in the, in the, the airport fight in Civil War. Right. You know, so the FBI have got him like on lockdown. And there's there's no mention of Infinity War in the trailer. There's no mention of there's no feel of Wakanda at all or any sort of destruction of New York. It feels it feels out of place. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. Again, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So we'll see where that fits in. Uh, just a little throwaway one. It's not a superhero film, but how to talk to girls at parties on May the 11th. It's based on Neil Gaiman's story. Mm-hmm. So that's one to look out for. And then on May the 25th, Solo, is Star that, Wars. Is that Star definitely Wars. coming out that day? That's definitely coming out on that day. Because there's been a lot of talk about its troubled production and yeah, stuff recently. That is, these dates were the most recent dates from launching film, Okay. which tracks all the UK release schedules. So yeah, at the moment, this could be subject to change, but at the moment, May 25th is the release for Solo, A Star Wars Story. And we're going to be delving into the backstory of our favourite smuggler. Mm. Seeing how he got the uh, Millennium Falcon and how he met up with Chewie. Yep. I mean, this is one that is... I don't know. Like, I'm worried for it because of all the production problems. Yeah. Like, kicking it off the writers and the directors, getting in one hand to do three months worth of reshoots... You know, it doesn't really fill you with confidence. No, no, not at all. As I say, I'm very worried that they'll actually hit that deadline, that release date. Um, So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, that could be pushed. We'll see. But uh, never mind, because next week is June the 1st, and that sees Deadpool 2. Woohoo! Again, I think... Bring that on. (laughs) I think Fox is going to have as much fun with this as whilst they still can. Yeah. I think... Um, like the possibilities for a combined universe now means Deadpool could be flicking over to anywhere. Um, there's even talks, I think, Hugh Jackman reprising Wolverine. Possibly, but I think he said that now, you know, in, in the new iteration, somebody else should really yeah. take it on. Uh, I, I think it should be X23. I think it should be the girl from Logan. Uh, either that or, you know, just a completely new Wolverine for that universe. I don't think you can really roll in any of the. First class or the existing X Men into that because I think they're very separate continuities. 
And I think once we get past um, the end of this list, with that X Men film that's coming up in November, yeah, I think that that should be the last of the Fox X Men. Yeah, I Marvel, think it will be. Marvel will want to reboot that as quickly as they can once yeah. it gets over to Disney. Yeah. So yeah, that's June the first. <laughs> oh, uh, so this this next one, this next one is on my list of films to see because. If I'm going to talk about it on the show and be angry about it on the show, I have to at least watch it. So on June the 8th, Jurassic World 2, Fallen Kingdom comes out. Yay, dinosaurs. I mean, I mean, it sucks that I can't be excited about a dinosaur <laughs> film because I love dinosaur films. I, I, the, the first Jurassic Park, I can remember, I saw that four times at the cinema in the 90s and I lived in Droitwich, so that meant getting a bus to Worcester. Um, which might not seem like much, but it was a big deal for me. Um, I entered competitions and I won so much Jurassic Park stuff because I knew about dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. And then I watched Jurassic World and like your audience POV, the two kids in Jurassic World, don't give a shit about dinosaurs. And it's like, how are you meant to get involved if your audience POV characters don't care? Um, and it was atrocious. It was an atrocious movie. But I will watch the second one because if I'm going to slag it off, and destroy it on the show I have to watch it mm-hmm. and who knows it might surprise me some films have but I can't see that one being one of them no June 22nd Ocean's 8 yeah yeah well, I'm reboot. That. yeah well I mean you know they're, they're relatively good caper movies caper movies are not necessarily my favourite type of movies of all time but but I'm just like off the, off the back of Logan Lucky last year same writer and director and that film was incredible um, I, I think for me I'll just leave it until DVD or yeah. whatever or you know, yeah, a rainy sunny afternoon or something when I just want a couple of hours or something easy fair enough I'm assuming you're more psyched for The Incredibles 2 on July 13th oh day. absolutely <laughs> hell yes I am The Incredibles the best fantastic film movie there's ever been yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want a superhero family it's The Incredibles uh, yes I think that's out in the uh, July 13th uh, and then staying with the superhero theme A Man of the Wasp is August the 3rd uh, the trailer is out for it it was released today it was um, it premiered alongside the Black Panther movie uh, we'll see how that goes uh, the trailer seems to have the same sort of feel that the first one did it's got that same sort of comedy about it it's the smaller personal story rather than a larger world saving story mm-hmm. um and it was the first trailer for the first movie had the Thomas the Tank Engine uh, getting supersized. Mm. This one has got a Hello Kitty pest dispenser <laughs> uh, being enlarged and it's being thrown at the back of a van. So that's, that's the last scene from the trailer. Nice. And I think that gives you... like Again, shows you where they're picturing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It shows you, <laughs> shows you what the, the tonality of the movie is going to be. Um, like, yeah, the first Batman became one of my top five pretty quickly. Like... It really, really surprised me how much I was into that film. Um, yeah, quite a surprise. Now that's showing release date with The Predator. Don't know anything about this. Is this this is a reboot? Oh, okay. Predator. Uh, yeah. So who's attached to that? I need to get names. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. That's fine. I'll find it. <laughs> but he was in the first Predator. All right. Okay. He's it's the director of Iron Man Three. Shane Black. Yeah. Why am I drawing Black on him? Yeah, Shane Black. So Shane Black's attached to it. Oh yeah, director and writer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was in 
the first one. It was actually starred in the first Predator. Uh, yeah, so they're just revisiting that. So it's... Um, I think it's removing Predator 2 from current canon. So it's after the first one. Okay. Uh, and here we got in Yvonne Strahovski. Yeah. Olivia Munn. Tom Jane. Interesting. Edward James Olmos. Mm, okay. But I'm a sucker. Alfie Allen. Jake Boosie. I'm a sucker for the Predator movies. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like a few of that. I, I've never got around to watching Predators, the Robert Rodriguez one. That was okay. Purely yeah. because I hated the AVP movies so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I say I like the Predator movies, I like Predator, Predator 2, and Predators. Right. Um, Predators is kind of. In terms of action beats and set pieces it's fairly close to the first one okay there's a lot of similarities there um, but yeah so I'm just interested to see what Shane Black does with it because yeah absolutely I like him as a writer and director so yeah. this one's been great it, it, it's, it's interesting that most of the ones that I've seen by him that I like are kind of more like caper movies and thoughtful movies yeah because I think well, the most recent one of his that I've absolutely loved was The Nice Guys mm. so yeah Check it out. Um, and then we've got another couple of superhero films. Like, I'm not sure why people think it's necessary to do it, but Venom has been done and it'll be out on the 5th of October. It seems kind of a waste because it's not sharing any continuity with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is really. it actually going to have a Spider Man in it? I don't even know if it does. I think they're just focusing on the symbiote, which seems. A bit weird. Yeah, especially without the symbiote suit storyline or any kind of Spider-Man influence whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, like, he is a favourite of cosplayers, I guess, and he looks super cool, but there's fuck all to him. If you <laughs> the take weirdest him, superhero that you never wanted. <laughs> yeah, like, if you take him out of context, there's not really a lot there. So, hey, it's Tom Hardy, and it's been made, and if you want to see it, it's on the 5th of October this year. Fair enough. Um, and then we round it out with X-Men Dark Phoenix on November the 2nd. Which is probably the one I'm the most terrified about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Given that I love that so much, the Dark yeah. Phoenix storyline, and they've already fucked it up once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think the, the one thing you can take away from it is if they do fuck it up, it's the last chance Fox will get to fuck it up. That's not a consolation. <laughs> like, you know... It just means it's going to be at least another 10 years before someone has another go at it. Well, it could be even longer than that. Yeah. Like, that's what we were saying last time. You know, Disney have only committed to three movies per year from the Marvel franchise. Yeah. So we're going to be losing uh, Marvel comic book movies moving forward because we don't have enough of them. Fair enough. But yeah, so that's quite an extensive list. Mm -hmm. There's a few that I've missed out on there. Um, but we'll put this list in the show notes so you can see all the release dates and yep. stuff. Uh, so that you can refer to it with your own impending sense of dread. Yeah, yeah. Tell us which film. Yeah, get in touch on Twitter uh, at Nerd vs World. Let us know which films you're looking forward to. Have Already we, we missed? Yeah. Have we missed one that you really want to see? Um, which ones are you scared about? Do you think we're wrong about Venom? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to say that. <laughs> let, let us know on Twitter, um, and we'll read them out next episode. Cool. We'll go from the big screen to the small screen. Okie dokie.
Stuff we've been watching or yeah. stuff that's coming up or which one we've been watching, I think. Stuff we have been watching. All right. Um, a, a bit of a weird one that came out of nowhere without any real sort of promo, and that was the new season of The X Files. Yeah, see, I haven't gone around to watch that. Literally came out of nowhere. I had no idea it was even coming on, just it was while I was in America and it went X Files tomorrow night. What, really? And so, for the first time ever, I got to watch a new episode of The X-Files when it was on TV. <laughs> it's never going to happen again, no. so it was awesome timing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no dodgy streams. No, indeed. And if, yet the night before, uh, I was watching, they were showing some earlier ones. Uh, but no, it's been brilliant again. There's been a couple of wonderful mythology ones. And then the one that was on this week is just the most hilarious one I've ever seen. It's, uh, it's what's it called? The Lost Art of the Forehead Sweat, uh, and it's about changing uh, like mass society's remembering of events. Okay, it's so kind of like um, the Pyramid episode of Lessons of Doctor Who. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's got some of the most disturbing things in it that I've ever seen, like a flashback to Mulder's youth watching an episode of The Outer Limits, and it's a kid with a CGI'd old Mulder's head on, which is the most bizarre thing you will ever see. <laughs> and you cannot unsee it once you've seen it. But it, yeah, it, it's a mental episode, and given 90% of it takes place in a car park below the FBI offices. Oh, Jesus. It, uh, it has archive footage from really early episodes of The X-Files with new characters superimposed in. It's just mental. All right. It it's up there with the line dancing one from last season that was just totally out there. But yeah, it's brilliant that the X Files is back. It 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 seems to have gone batshit crazy, but it's really really good fun. <laughs> <coughs> so yeah, cool. Catch up on the new episodes of the X Files. They're phenomenal. Uh, I think one that we both enjoy at the moment is Bull. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. With the, with the new showrunner and stuff, it's it's becoming a lot more interesting, and it's not kind of bull wins every week now. Yeah, I think I, I think we spoke about it before, but I, this season wasn't grabbing me as much because it wasn't hitting the same formula as it was before. It's mm. not so much of it taking place in the courtroom, but yeah, last few episodes have kind of won me over. Um, the last one was all about the. The suicide. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the stories have been getting interesting. Yeah, I think there have been some very interesting ones, like the, the the girl who went missing and the whole idea of, you know, was she culpable? Was, should she be... Is she a victim or is she a perpetrator yeah. type thing? Yeah, yeah. And the, the ending of the episode was particularly good as well, yeah. because, you know, they, they didn't technically win. Yeah. Um, the Christmas episode was quite cute too. Yeah. It's quite a sweet little episode. So yeah, that's been... And I've enjoyed the fact that, you know, some of the minor characters are getting more kind of ongoing plot now. I'd like to see more get some. Uh, uh, yeah, indeed. I want to see more of the character development yeah. of them. And I think that's the way it's going. Is It, it is starting to, to give the smaller characters a bit more room to breathe and a bit more to do than it just being bull saves the day. Yeah, because Chuck is definitely getting, getting some now that he's off to law school. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah, it's been yeah thoroughly enjoying Ball this season. That's cool. Um, Agents of Shield. Yeah. Since since it rebooted and chucked them all into the future, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that. 
especially, yeah, I've enjoyed all of the the episodes that have been set in the future and the establishing of that universe. And then I really enjoyed the fixed flashback. Yes, that was a fantastic episode. Yeah. yeah. So I've I really enjoyed what they're doing with Agents of Shield and. I'm kind of hoping that what they do is get them to a point where they then get catapulted back in time to have to try and fix things yeah. and giving them a bit more ongoing purpose. It's been consistently good, um, occasionally great, since the end of season one. Mm. Right. Turn, turn, turn. With the time of Civil War, is, uh, with Winter Soldier, sorry, is the point where it kicked off yeah. properly for me. Uh, but I, I, but I, in counterpoint to that, I think that the whole framework plot line was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, so this is where I say consistently good but not great. Mm. Like some seasons have been absolutely fantastic and some seasons have had that little three or four episodes. Yeah. And I thoroughly enjoyed right John Hanna and stuff in that, yeah. but I just thought the overall plot just really wasn't that engaging. Yeah. Um it was there, I guess, just to give trauma to to Fitz mm. coming out of it, which I think he's played that really, really well. Um but yeah, no, it's been one of the best shows on TV. Yeah, it's so. it's it's kept me interested and kept me watching. Whereas by this point, Arrow and the Flash and the CW superhero shows have just lost me. I've well, I see. I've been gone. keeping up with most of those. Um, Flash has gotten relatively interesting now that Barry Allen's in jail, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sharing the cell that his dad used to be in. Uh, and Goldberg just turned up as a recurring char- character last week. What, Bill Goldberg? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just when I picked them out, they put me back in. Yeah, he's another inmate who apparently Barry's dad helped years earlier, so he's now helping Barry. And yeah. If you're going to be in prison, you want Bill Goldberg watching your back. <laughs> Absolutely. Fact, speaking of wrestlers in other stuff, Adam Copeland is now in Vikings. Is he? Yeah. So he's jumped onto Vikings, has he? Yeah. So he's followed Floki off in search of the, the land of the gods, which is kind of an interesting one. Vikings has been great again this season. It's just hit the mid-season finale point, and they've done a lot of board clearing this season. Uh, you see, that's one that I couldn't get back into after season three. I think, that, I think he, <coughs> he's held on Paris, and Rollo yeah. going over to the French. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know... It just kind of lost me a little bit yeah. there. I think I, I was worried about it after we lost Ragnar. Yeah. And I didn't think the show would survive it. That's later, I think, isn't it? That's I think it's season, season four, four, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I haven't got to that part. I know we have. That's not, that hasn't spoiled anything. I know it happens. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I just haven't managed to go back into season four. Yeah, but it's good. Uh, so I'm enjoying that. But as for other CW Arrowverse shows, Arrow is probably the one I'm least interested in at the moment. They're having little squabbles between them, between themselves, so they've now split off into the original Elicity and Diggle, and then the other three have gone off onto their own, doing their own thing, whining about whatever they're whining about each week. Um, and then your man from uh, Lost and Person of Interest has turned up and is basically owning all of them. Really? Yeah. God, that's that's. Oh, I'm gonna watch it again. Ben, Ben, whatever his name was from Lost, Linus. Yeah, so he's turned up as a kind of computer hackery type, and he's just owning everyone. 
because he's great in yeah. everything he's in. I might have to watch that again now as well. Like <laughs> say, again, he's the only real reason to be watching Arrow at the moment. Um, Flash. Oh, so we've done Flash. Arrow. Supergirl. Mm, not great. Uh, lost the love of her life. Then he's now come back from the future and he's married and it's all just lots of whining about that. Okay. Uh, so that's not great. Um, and then uh, at the moment, Legends of Tomorrow isn't on. Supergirl is finishing. Then Legends is coming on in that time slot. And then Supergirl's coming back later. So they're all going to start going weirdly out of sync now. Okay. And it's because of the introduction of Black Lightning, which has started. Um, yeah. Well, it's on Netflix on in the Netflix. UK. It's, yeah. again, it's CW in America. So it's part of that whole universe of superheroes. Um, which I'm not sold on it yet. No. It's very much like DC's. Um, uh, I've forgotten his name. No, Luke, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Yeah. It's very much like they're trying to do that, but with a kind of older, grittier character. Yeah, the uniform just put me off. Mm-hmm. It looks ridiculous. And I think yeah, you know, there were lots of. I think I, I ended up giggling and kind of losing all sense of the, the show's gravitas at the point when uh, the guy who's his, his kind of Alfred type character yeah. was giving him information I was like yeah and you giving advice worked out so well for Dexter <laughs> <laughs> was a, that was the point when I just kind of lost <laughs> lost any kind of uh, sense of grit or anything in the show and it just became a bit amusing um, but we'll see how that progresses as well um, but then what I am looking forward to is Legends of Tomorrow coming back because the first two episodes are Constantine. Yeah. No, see, that's the only reason I'll come back for that is just for Constantine. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the Arrowverse roundup. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the shows that we, we we picked sort of last year to, to look out for on the full season. And your pick has stuck with me. So, Wisdom of the Crowd has been one that I've been watching. Um, its release schedule has been affected because there were allegations made against Jeremy Piven that have come out quite recently. So yeah, it's not being as regularly released as it was. But you know, after first, after the initial couple of episodes were a bit shaky, it became quite a good procedural. So it is basically uh, solving crime by Facebook. Cool. Uh, it's exactly what we thought it was. It's a little different to the personal the person of interest. Um, aspect of it which is the you are being watched yeah. type aspect um, but it is everyone is part of this network called Sophie which is named after his daughter that was murdered and was set up to try and crowdsource the the solving of, of that murder mm. um, and he gets to keep that going and keep it active as long as he's helping with any other crime that comes along because like he was blinkered for that one thing and then Sophie's has started using it to try and solve other crimes too. Um, and there's there's layers of intrigue being set about, about what might have happened. Like There's government involvement and NSA hacking of the Sophie network and different story threads going out that way. It's quite interesting. The characters are, again, you know, engaging to a point, but also not pushing very much beyond being 2D tropes of computer hackers mm. if you know <clears throat> but it, it's one that's 
kept me kept my interest. Fair play. More, um, more than Happy did because like Happy was the one that I was buzzing about. Mm. You know, Pat Oswalt playing a blue unicorn. Yeah, yeah. Um, to a half dead, half drunk former cop, current hitman, and like whilst the first episode was really good and like it was throwaway graphic violence, and episode two followed up in much the same vein. It's one that when I see it on my schedule, I haven't gone. Oh yeah, must watch. Stop everything and watch this one right now. Mm. It's one that I'll come back to at some point. So fair play. And another one that it's a, bit a slow burner, but I'm getting more into it now is Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Like the first couple of episodes, like didn't get me. No, I it took until episode three to actually make me actually want to watch it. Bit longer for me. I think it for me. I think it was episode six. It's the episode with the time loop. Yeah. So at that point, I was like, "Oh, this is this is a, a proper Star Trek episode," uh, and that's the point where I came on board. But up until that point, I think episode four and five were good, but I would still I still had things I could pick holes in. Like they dropped the f bomb in one of those episodes, mm. and that was just like, "Oh, you were almost a good episode. You always had believing you were Star Trek, and then you swore," and that kind of pissed me off. Um, but yeah, from from the time of the episode onwards, it's been first first thing I've played when I see it on Netflix, mm. uh, and I, I loved the way they handled the the Mary Universe. I thought the Terran Empire was great. Um, I thought the reveal about Lorca mm-hmm. was really cool as well. I like the way they wrapped that up. I I felt that was too quick wrapping up the whole yeah. Lorca thing. And I, it's kind of left them now with there's two more episodes to go and they've reset the plot line again. Yeah. And so they've only now got two episodes. So it feels like what they've done is they've got three plot lines and they've done the first one in two episodes, then they've done a middle eight yeah. and then a final two. And it just feels really weird. So yeah, we're back in the Federation space, the Klingons have won it's the war. like nine months later and... Now you've got two episodes to wrap all that up. Is it only 15 episode run? I think so, yeah. Okay, well, we'll see how they do it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been one of those shows that I've become more and more impressed with as time has gone on. I, it's still, I still have issues with it, but I think the issue is the format. Yeah. And I think that's just something that I have to put up with because the way we consume media nowadays tends to favour these sort of serialised stories rather than standalone pieces. Yeah, because I, I guess with this, I, I kind of saw the it them being in the future at the end of at the end of this when they were coming back out of the mirror universe, where I thought they were going to be way way in the future and actually take it a bit forward. And I really wish they'd done that yeah. and just left the, all the rest of it behind and moved on. And then that gives you. A lot of reasons why none of this is ever mentioned in the original canon. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you plausible deniability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool as well. Yeah, I don't know. Like, when I think about original Trek and TNG and Voyager and all these space time, all that, like, when I rewatch those and binge episodes, if it's an episode which is weak, which I don't want to watch, I can skip it. Mm. But with Discovery, kind of feels like you have to watch every episode yeah there's the a, they, they seem told. to be packing a lot of detail in yeah. and it's a lot of references and a lot of foreshadowing that if you're not paying attention you will miss yeah. but it has been the only show recently that's had me shouting at the TV 
Fair enough. Like when Stamets is when uh, I forget the character's name, the Doctor. Yeah. When your man yeah. breaks his neck. Yeah. Shout! I shout at the TV to such an extent that my, my housemate, when he went to bed, was just like, "Dude, what were you shouting at earlier on?" It's like, <laughs> "Oh, Star Trek, mate." Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Cool. I think that's about it. I think for TV shows that I'm that I'm really interested in at the moment, I mean, I, I, I've basically been binge watching the shit out of SG One again, and I've got through seven seasons already uh, in the run up to Sci Fi Weekender and interviewing Chris Judge. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's that's research. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. research. Yeah. Um, I've been on the binge of Suits because my husband said it was good, so I watched the first season and it was great, and then it got shit. But I, I'm a completionist, so I'm nearly finished. Yeah, season seven at the moment. It's, it's picked up again, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Like apart from Gabriel Macht, like the guy who plays Harvey Specter, I think would make a good Joker. Fair play. I think he's kind of got the look for it, and I think he could do it. Um, he was the Spirit in the Spirit. All right, back yeah, in yeah. 2008, I think it was. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I think we should make that a regular section of things to binge watch. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, in that case then binge watch The End of the Fucking World okay it's on Netflix it's an all four show so it's on 4OD and all four or it's on Netflix and it's great it's like Dexter meets Skins okay cool I'll give it a go yeah so you've got this kid who thinks he might be a psychopath and this girl who's new in the school and they can't befriend each other only because like he thinks he might want to kill her and try out his homicidal tendencies but actually it ends up being this really sort of fucked up Bonnie and Clyde kind of love story uh, and they go on the run and he actually like yeah his psychotic the things that he believes are psychotic about himself aren't and he starts developing feelings and sort of grows so it's kind of a really really heavy metaphor on, on adolescence I guess fair enough but it's it's riotously dark like as far as black comedies go it's one of the the best I've seen in a very very long time it's just it's just great and they're short episodes so you can probably do all eight in, in, in an afternoon more than like it a day working from home yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go cool excellent <laughs> surprising new features well yeah why not yeah no. um, binge watch of the week it'll do yeah uh, back to the big screen then. I've seen a couple of films. Cool. Um, so a couple of very quick first impressions and reviews. Like if you hear our reviews, we don't really go too much into plots and offices and stuff. It's just an overall impression. So first up is Three Billboards Outside Epping, Missouri, which is being tipped for Oscar best picture. Like um, the lead actress picked up the Golden Globe and the BAFTA for it and she's up for the Oscar as well it's brilliant so it's the same guy who wrote and did In Breed with Seven Psychopaths so if you're used to the poetic use of expletives from those two movies you're kind of in for what the dialogue's going to happen in this um, it is one woman's attempt to find justice for her daughter um, she hires three billboards and she writes on them like you know what happened to her daughter um, how long it's been it's been like, like seven months or so and then the last billboard says how come Chief Willoughby she calls out the chief of the town who is Woody Harrelson 
and the whole movie then deals with the fallout from that action. So it's about the poisonous, it's the consequences that come about from just poisonous anger, sort of the anger that just destroys you uh, and destroys your relationship because she's doing all these things to bring justice for her daughter and she has no real consideration for the fact that her son has to drive past these billboards too and like, that's his sister that was lost so he's got to deal with those issues and then he has to take that to school so it's all about the community then being divided around this thing um, and dealing with a police department with Sam Rockwell who again is up for Oscar nominations yeah, yeah. and he won the Golden Globe for this as well um, playing a very racist cop um, who as far as we know never see it on screen and it's always denied but this it's heavily implied that he has tortured um, black prisoners that have been in his care. He then has to deal with uh, a black detective coming in and taking over halfway through the movie, following the departure of Chief Willoughby. Um, so yeah, it's, it is all about those relationships and the fallout and trying to make sense of a really horrible event. And then people trying to see through that anger and trying to find their redemption. Like, Rockwell's character has a semi sort of redemption arc. By the end of the film, he's tried to put the racist stuff behind him. He doesn't have a job anymore with the police department. He goes off with uh, McDermott's character to try and find justice. Um, he's not, it, it doesn't feel like it's the end of his arc, but it feels like it's the, just the beginning. So there's a lot of stuff on Twitter about you know how he's an irredeemable character and how the, the arc shouldn't exist in the film it does. Mm -hmm. but. I think people are missing the point. The arc hasn't finished, it's just begun. Um, but like, it's a, it's, a really, it's a really good watch. It kept me engaged the whole way through. Um, and it balances genuine humour, like genuine laugh out humour with utter heartbreak and balances it so well. There is a scene partway through the movie where Woody Harrelson reads out a couple of letters and it's just his narration and I was in tears like I saw Mark Kermode's review of it and he said that I was just like yeah you, you, you weren't the only one mm. like the way it goes from those lows to highs is it's just so well crafted it's such such a good movie and cool. I would recommend recommend you go and watch that it deals with some dark content um, and some dark themes but you know, still manages to find a soul. Cool. So yeah, that's ten out of ten. That's an A plus from me. Awesome. My rating is just it, it's possibly my film of the year already. Wow. Fair play. So yeah. And the other one I saw was the post, which mm. is Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks in the Spielberg movie, Black mm. Pentagon Papers. There's not really much to add to that. Like it's exact you get exactly what you expect going yeah. into that. It's Spielberg by numbers. It's a really, really solid movie. And Got Street, yet another Oscar nomination. Yeah, I'm not sure she deserves it. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure the performances are anything we don't already expect from them. <laughs> like, you know, I guess it's what we say about Marvel films. Like trying to try to work out where they fit in our top five. Yeah. Like they're great, but you know, we expect this. Yeah. We're coming to something a bit more. So yeah, from. Given Streep and Hanks' body of work, film to be nominated for Oscars, I've expected more from this performance. 
don't think Hanks was, was he? He wasn't, no, no he, he hasn't was been just Street. Yeah. I don't expect And the film has. Well, the film, again, like, it's good. There's, I've got no issues with it, no pacing issues, nothing. Um, but it didn't quite get the A plus for me. Fair like, I prefer Three Billboards. It's much, much more my, my, my favourite film of the two. And I will watch the rest of the Oscar, Oscar nominated films to really chime in, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, it's a solid, dependable movie from solid, dependable directors and actors. Fair it's well worth a watch. If you're interested in that period of history in particular, then... Yeah, give it a go. I think his message about the importance of the freedom of the press is even more relevant today as it was back then. Like, the thing you know full well going into that movie today that if this was to happen now, it would just be called fake news. Yeah. Which is the worrying thing. Like, you kind of see through the movie the dilution of journalism over the last 15, 20 years or so. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's not money wasted if you're in the cinema to watch it. It's a good film. Cool. So, that's a 9 out of 10 and an A. Fair enough. And <laughs> one that I've seen recently is Pitch Perfect 3. Oh, I really wanted to see it. <laughs> and all I have to say is, go and watch it, yeah. Pitches. <laughs> that's one that I really wanted to see. So it's I'll, awesome. I'll go and see it. Yeah, it's really, really good. It, it focuses just around the Bellas this time. So there's, there, there isn't the, the bloke choir. Right. Uh, they're not in it at all. Uh, nor is the kind of love interest from the other couple of films. He's not in it. Uh, so it's all around them. And it's, they, they go off on another contest around, uh, around the globe with a kind of travelling army unit. So it's like an army show that they're doing. And they're up against some other acts as well. Uh, and then halfway through, it just descends into ridiculous caper movie and it's brilliant is the finale as good as um, Pitch Perfect 2 yeah yeah it's awesome because that scene that, that's that acapella uh, of My Songs No We Did In The Dark yeah was incredible oh no it, it, it's yeah it, it is at least on a par if not better than that okay I'll check it out um Again, it's been one that I've, when, I've, when I've gone to the cinema, I look at the listings and I'm like, oh, I want to see it, but mm-hmm. I need to see this one while I want to see that one. And the only thing I could say out of it is, it, if this is the last Pitch Perfect, that's great, but I want to see Fat Amy Secret Agent spin-off movies. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to watch the film to get that. It's okay. awesome. All right. Definitely give it a shot. Cool. I think that's all. <laughs> I think so. Okay, so... Very quickly before we round up, uh, just a big shout out to the Britpod scene. So, No Versus World is part of the Britpod scene network, which is a network of British podcasters. Um, you can search the hashtag Britpod scene on Twitter and check us on the shows. And Pod and uh, Family as well. Uh, and Pod and Family, which is an international uh, network of podcasters too. Uh, top of my head, we've been on the Smorgasbord show the last couple of times, so give at Pod a check on Twitter. Uh, at Nerds Chatting they're always really engaging uh, Gallifrey Stands podcast yeah. check that one out that's a really good one yeah and uh, we have a Hulk pod you know, they're getting some really good interviews they interviewed uh, Captain Tilly from Sonic Discovery recently so and I'm calling it Captain Tilly because I'm, I'm Team Tilly so <laughs> <laughs> fair enough she's Captain Knight <laughs> she's officially a, a Star Trek captain um, so yeah just Check out the hashtag and check out my follow Fridays on a Friday because you'll see a lot of them listed there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and for me, yeah, check out the the YouTube channel because we've got a whole bunch of stuff going on on there now. The the Wonky Gamer cast has now gone full on vidcast, so uh, they're doing videos instead of podcasts now. So go and check them out on the Brilliant. YouTube channel. Uh, and then there's my new show, which is Throwback Thirty Something. Yeah, which retro is, gaming. Which is yeah, <laughs> retro gaming show. So it. It comes out weekly on a Saturday, and it's basically ten minutes of me failing to play classic arcade <laughs> and spectrum games and getting really annoyed. <laughs> uh, let's have said Bubble Bobble, which yeah. was one of my favourite games as a kid growing up. So go yeah. go watch it. <laughs> um, and as always, if you have any questions for the show or you just want to chat to us on Twitter, well, I'm at Nerd versus World. And Spindles is at Spindly One yeah. on Twitter as well. So, I'm unemployed at the moment. I'm gainfully looking for new, new work and uh, studying for a master's. So uh, basically, you know, distract me. <laughs> I'm on Twitter all the time. He's a nerd with time on his hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm around. Uh, but yeah, that's all for this episode, the first of 2018. Um, thank you all for listening. I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. And until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. Thank <laughs> you.